0: Good morning, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Friday. Woo woo moment of silence. We made it to Friday. Today's Friday, the 11th of January, and today we're gonna be talking a little bit to the mom who feels harried and and stressed out and burned out, it's that time of year, this is the time when we battle burnout. So today I'm gonna be talking about some ideas for wisdom and organization on scheduling from my book, The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Daylight. Even if you're not homeschooling, these timeless time management skills are gonna bless and encourage you. Stick around. So right, I'm reading the news. I decided that one of my New Year's resolutions was going to be to stop reading the news, but you people keep sending me articles, and I gotta say, uh, I I'm i I'm battling. I just boy, you guys, in another life, I'd run for office on December. I'm sorry, in Washington D.C., January third. This came out of LifeSite News. I realize it was last week, but this is going on. The Democrats aren't wasting any time asserting their priorities upon taking over the U.S. House of Representatives this week. They propose legislation to fund the federal government, which would at the same time reverse one of President Trump's earliest pro-life accomplishments. This is off of LifeSite News. The federal government has been partially shut down since Trump facing pressure from conservatives decided at the last minute in January to reject a government funding bill that didn't include 5 billion to begin construction of a Southern border wall, of a Southern border wall. While the media is filled with distress over the shutdown and uncertainty over whether Democrats or Republicans will blink first, most of the government has already been funded and remains in operation. Following her return to office, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced that her party would be, quote, offering the Senate Republican Appropriations Committee legislation to reopen the government later today. The proposal would fund the Department of Homeland Security until February 8th and other federal departments until the end of September. The bill has been a political non-starter because it lacks wall funding, however, and pro-lifers are warning that it would also repeal the Mexico City policy, now called Protecting Life in Global Health Assistance, that Trump reinstated shortly after taking office and later expanded. That would make foreign entities that commit or promote abortions once again eligible for foreign aid. I'm I, I'm stunned. I really am. The plan would also give 37.5 million to the United Nations Population Fund, from which Trump withdrew in 2017 because of its participation in China's forced abortion regime. You guys, these are our leaders. Just let that let that sink in. This move shows the House Democrats are so radically pro-abortion that they are more concerned with pushing their abortion agenda on the American people than finding common ground to end the government shutdown. That's what live-action President Lila Rose said. While Trump and Senate Republicans failed last session to pass a law preventing the American taxpayer from funding Planned Parenthood, They now have a duty to stand firm and block such outrageous attempts to have the American taxpayer fund and promote abortion programs across the globe. This comes on the heels, by the way, of a video that was made. I don't know if I commented on it last week or not. A video that was made the first week in January by the woman who started the Shout Your Abortion movement where she interviewed children and talked to them about abortion. She's had an abortion and they were like, well, that's probably okay. I think it's okay. And she said, really, it's just like having a bad dentist appointment. Really? Taking human life now is about a bad dentist appointment. Anyway, I mean, I I just, I'm horrified that uh, we have such ridiculous people in our government. I'm horrified that Christians didn't stand up and prevent this from happening. And uh, we need to pray. Because as the Democrats have taken control of the House, they are introducing all kinds of legislation that is anti-life, and uh, and beyond. I've seen Congress women speaking so disrespectfully about our president that I couldn't even share the links on social media. And if I was ever needed to, if I ever needed to be reminded that we need to be in prayer for our country, now is the time. So I want to just encourage you: be praying for our president. I spent some time in prayer this morning just praying for Vice President Pence. I know that he knows the Lord and he is the closest advisor to the president. And so I'm praying that he would be an influential person in President Trump's life. I'm praying for our president. He needs our prayers. I don't understand this obstructionist mindset that we would rather see the president felt. Do I love everything he does? No. But oh my goodness, he really has been the most pro-life president that we've had in a hundred years. So we need to be praying. For him, I don't know about you, but I am. I've been praying for many, many years that abortion would not only become illegal in this nation, it would become unthinkable. Unthinkable that we would take the life of an innocent human baby. It's unbelievable to me. Also, in other news, I have a brand new book coming out: Bible Promises for Moms Releases. In March, I am really excited about this. It's like a handbook. It's your go-to, take you straight to the word of God for every issue that you're facing as a mother. God's word is not silent on the issues that we're facing. Someone told me the other day that uh, they loved a quote that they had heard. I don't even know who said it. I wish I did, because I love to give him credit. But he said, "Uh, don't tell me that God is silent when your Bible is sitting closed on your desk. Don't tell me that God is silent. He's not silent. He cares about what we're going through right now. For those of you who are following along with me in the scripture writing challenge, today's verse comes out of James chapter one, verses five and six. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. I thought that was appropriate since I'm out on the sea on the open uh, waters right now. My husband and I are speaking for the Florida Parent Educators Association. Today is our last day before we come into port. And uh, this is our first cruise. I told you we're celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary all year until we actually hit it in September. (laughs) And so I thought this was great. If you believe then you won't be like the one who doubts, who's like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And where do we get wisdom? We get it from God. We talked about that uh, last Wednesday for the MomStrong International Bible Study. And I told you I was gonna come back on Friday and continue talking to you about uh, priorities. We've been talking about them for the whole month of January. And I wanna just frame it a little bit today to talk about them in the context of homeschooling. But even if you're not homeschooling, These principles apply to you. So I'm going to read to you a little bit out of the Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Daylight. If you haven't picked it up yet, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it at HeidiStJohn.com. Click on the store because frequently, more frequently I think than almost any other question I get when I'm speaking at conferences is how do you do it all? How do you do homeschooling? How do you homeschool all your children? How do you write books? How do you, you know, how are you blogging? Blah, blah, blah. Well, Here's the thing, couple things actually that come to my mind right away. The first one is that there is a unique grace over my life for the thing that I'm doing. Just like there's a unique grace over your life for the thing that God wants you to do. He'll give you the grace to do it. But it requires on your part that you seek him for the wisdom that you need so that he can help you prioritize your time. So this comes out of chapter one in the guide to daylight. There's a whole lot of, of great nuggets of information in here for you, but every single chapter is a different kind of daylight. So Intentional daylight is chapter one, organized daylight, scheduled daylight, hungry daylight, discouraged daylight, consolidated daylight, wasted daylight, and surrendered daylight. Basically, I'm just talking about different aspects of surrendering your day to the Lord. And the first part about uh, getting in touch with what God wants you to do is to learn to be intentional. So, this is the first part. Good morning, Portland. 6.45 a.m. and traffic in downtown is at a virtual standstill this morning. Plan on taking an alternate route if you want to avoid the mess on I-5 today. The voice of a local radio station personality woke me up from a deep sleep and I began to regret putting my alarm clear across the room. Is it already time to get up? Time to try this homeschool thing again? Time to see exactly how much resolve I could muster up to face another day? Daylight. And come back again. I stumbled to the alarm clock and shut it off, 6.45 a.m., and I was already feeling behind. Unanswered emails taunted me from my computer, which was a desktop, by the way, and there on my side table sat a devotional book that I had promised to read three weeks ago. It was looking rather dusty. As I made my way to the shower, I picked up the book, blew off the dust, and placed it back on the shelf where it wouldn't remind me of all the things I wished I was doing but wasn't. As I walked past the dresser mirror, I caught a glimpse of a pregnant woman I barely recognized, Whoever you are, you better get a grip, I mused. I toyed with the idea of letting the kids sleep in for my sake. I wasn't ready to face the day. Why was it so hard? I'd been homeschooling for about a year and a half and it was getting the better of me. This was certainly not what I had envisioned when the Lord so clearly changed my heart and directed my husband and me to bring our oldest daughter home from school and begin the journey of homeschooling. My kids didn't look like the ones that graced the covers of those homeschool magazines. It seemed that just when I got something down in one area of the house, another would need improving. What about the mom I met at the homeschool convention this past June? I wondered how she was still breathing. She had something like 19 kids and I felt lazy for only having three. There was so much to do. Laundry called my name from several hampers in the house. I had no idea what I was going to do for dinner and forget about all the paperwork that was piling up in the office, bills to pay, forms to fill out. I was homeschooling all right, but that was it. The rest of my life, was unraveling i wondered if there was a better way to homeschool less stressful more joyful less burdensome more life-giving often i found myself giving comfort to another mom when i felt in my own spirit i didn't have much to offer my time with the lord was suffering terribly and in my heart i knew there had to be a better way i had heard that his yoke was easy but i had yet to experience it something had to give As I looked around my bedroom that morning, I made a decision, a monumental decision. Here it is. In the interest of self-preservation, I decided to skip school for the day. Can I get a witness? After a few more moments of relative peace and quiet and after savoring my morning cup of tea, I decided to go to the grocery store to clear my head. So I packed up the toddler and put my two older girls in the car. We headed into town, even though I was feeling slightly guilty for skipping school. I figured the break would do me good, however, and it was certainly better than the alternative, which may or may not have involved inpatient therapy. It was about 10.30 a.m. when we arrived at the grocery store. And in hindsight, I think staying home might have been a better idea. Oh, I could never do that. This was the wide-eyed response of the grocery store cashier after she casually asked the children if they were taking a sick day from school. The moment my children told her they were homeschooled, it became obvious by the look in her eyes. That she thought I was perfectly insane. You gotta have a whole lot more patience than me, she stammered, because I'd have to be shipped off to the funny farm if I couldn't put my kids in school. I don't know how you people do it. How old are you? You must be exhausted. Well, good luck. Thanks for shopping with us today. (laughs) Now, maybe it was the fact that I was seven months pregnant with our fourth child, or maybe it was the knowledge that I was going home to a messy kitchen complete with school books, pencils, markers, and papers all over the kitchen table. I'm not sure, but for some reason, Her remarks stung more than they usually would. It wasn't like I had never heard them before, but this time, this time I wanted to drop my my bag of canned goods right there on the floor and give her the what for. I don't know what stopped me, frankly. I like to think that I was just trying not to give other homeschool moms a bad reputation. Trust me, it would have stuck. I managed a half smile and said something to the effect of not having as much patience as she thought and quickly left the store. No, I don't have the patience of Job, I muttered. It's not about patience. If it was, I would have quit a long time ago. Can you guys relate to being mistaken for a mom with supernatural patience? Because I'm thinking that you can. And most homeschooling moms know the truth about patience being a prerequisite for homeschooling. And in fact, any homeschool mom who's been at this for more than five minutes will tell you that patience has nothing to do with it. Longevity in homeschooling is not about patience. It's the result of resolve and obedience. It's about knowing why we're homeschooling instead of just how. See, here's what I think. And I've been, I mean, I wrote this a while ago. As I I look back now and I'm watching my own daughter coming up and and homeschooling her children. And I'm having to remind myself to remind her that spirit-led homeschooling brings with it a quiet confidence that comes from knowing that even on the days when I don't feel like I've been successful at all, God's got my back. You guys, remember I said this to you a couple days ago? They belonged to God before they belonged to you. This is why abortion grieves me so much. God knit each one of our children together with the foreknowledge that we would be their mother. He knew that you'd be homeschooling them. And you guys, his plan for you and for them is vastly more important than our dinner plans or our fancy scheduling. It's really true. But it's so important that you have a plan. We can't we can't just go into this thing without a plan. We gotta understand, A, we're not alone in doing this. You're really not. There are other moms who are struggling just like you are. You're not alone, but you gotta have a plan. And I wanna just encourage you today as you come up with that plan, and I'm gonna give you a couple of a couple of ideas to take it one step further. But the first thing is you wanna come up with a with a plan to seek the Lord, and then you wanna come up with a schedule. So if you're not yet doing this. I hope you guys will join me. This is why I started Mom Strong International. Any of you can do it. It's, a, it's an opportunity for you to get into the word of God every day and say, Lord, I need your help. I can't do this without you. I can't raise my kids without you. I can't homeschool without you. I can't even get dinner on the table without the Lord just saying, you can do this. We need each other and we need to walk in right relationship with the Lord. And I told you, I am a type A personality. I'm a scheduler. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. I think schedules are very important. I'll link back to the Guide to Daylight today. There are lots of different ideas for schedules in there. But if you come up with a great schedule and you come up with a great meal plan, which I'd also encourage you to do, and you, and you fail to, to invite the Lord into your plans, you're gonna be frustrated. You know? Because they're different strokes for kind of different folks. And your schedule, when you come up with it, it's, it's gonna be as unique as you are. And there are lots of different ways to schedule for your family. And I've uh, collected a bunch of them. I put them in the Guide to Daylight so that you can compare them and sort of contrast what works for you and what doesn't. But I'm telling you what, I think, moms, it's going to be a whole lot easier for you to concentrate on academics in the morning when your kids' minds are fresh and you haven't been frazzled from a day of, uh, of toddler taming. And children, I think, at least my kids, have are usually at their best in the mornings. And so we can spend our afternoons in playtime for the younger ones and independent study for the older ones. But I wanna encourage you, bring your day before the Lord and, and ask him to help you organize it. And I've read a lot of books about this over the years. And many of the books that I've read um, prescribe particular methods for scheduling schoolwork. But from my experience, and I'm not trying to be critical, uh, I don't think that most moms fit into the quote typical, category. And that's really the beautiful part about homeschooling, because you can fit it to meet the needs of your own family and in order to get the most out of your days. Remember I said this the other day, it's not about time management, it's about me management, but you got to come up with a plan. For some of you, that's going to mean getting up earlier. If you've got a nursing infant at home or some a baby who's still keeping you up at night, I'm not even talking to you, just plug your ears right now. But for the rest of us, uh, I think sometimes we can get into the habit of sleeping late of staying up too late, hello, moment of silence. And when I was a brand new homeschool mom, Uh, it was really, it was a big deal to me. I couldn't find enough practical, detailed information about how other people did it. But then I discovered something, realizing when I, and this is why I wrote the book, uh, when I compared what I was doing and brought in what other, other people were doing, all of a sudden I had fresh ideas and fresh inspiration. It's a good thing to do a schedule for your kids. It's a bad thing to have that thing run your life for a while there, my husband used to call our schedule the master. (laughs) Some of you guys have heard me talk about this before. Because I'd be like, oh, let's see. Husband would be like, you know, got some time for me tonight, honey? Nope, not on the schedule. (laughs) That's my type A personality. I know. I know. It's a, it's a, it's a problem, which is why I don't do it like that anymore. But I just wanna encourage you, come up with a plan, come up with a meal plan, menu planning. Oh my goodness, it's a wonderful tool. It doesn't have to be, it's a wonderful tool. It doesn't have to be complicated either. Because here's the thing, when I am being diligent about planning my days, I really try to include some sort of a menu. And so even if I just spend a half an hour each week, I can plan meals for our family. It saves me money. It brings so many benefits of health and peace into our home. I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but about four o'clock in the afternoon, if I have no idea what my kids are gonna eat for dinner, I start to be- become uh, crabby, right? I call it the bewitching hour at our house, that four o'clock. So the time that you spend planning menus for your family is gonna be, is gonna be uh, rewarded. And if the idea of devising a menu plan for the week makes you roll your eyes because it sounds exhausting, just think about the stress it's gonna save you in the long run. I promise you, busy mom, it's worth it. And you can deviate from it. You don't have to do it. But if you don't have an idea of what to do, it's already, you've got an idea there and you've gone shopping and you know you've got enough stuff in your refrigerator. And sometimes I'll make menus uh, for just four nights because I know that out of seven, we're either gonna have breakfast for dinner or leftovers or we're gonna eat at a friend's house or we're gonna be running through Taco Bell. So think of it sort of like a schedule. And then just having that menu there is gonna be a guide and it is a lifesaver. A friend of mine, a long time ago, when I was a younger mom and still kind of getting, learning the ropes of of how important it was to schedule things out, uh, we came up with a creative idea. And that was to create a very loose menu with three easy meals two that are a bit more time consuming, an evening for leftovers or eating out and one for a new recipe that you've been wanting to try. And you do your grocery shopping with these things in mind. And so menu planning doesn't mean that you have to assign days to your meals. It just means that you have a plan of meals and you know that you've got the ingredients to make them. And so the beauty of planning ahead is that if you've forgotten about a dentist appointment in the late afternoon, that may or may not have been me, or you've had a busy week, everything you need for a quick meal is gonna be ready to go. If the mealtime trifecta of time, energy, and creativity hits you all at once, then you can create one of the more time-consuming dishes. It's all about flexibility. And can I just encourage you also, teach your children to cook. Teach your children to get in there and help you. And they can start doing this uh, when they're very young. I've talked a lot about chores, on this, on this podcast, the importance of training your children to help you around the home. When your kids are about four years old, they can start helping you. I know some of you are like, what? They're supposed to enjoy their childhood. Yes. And they'll enjoy it even more if you teach them to be productive in their childhood and how to be a help to you. Your kids need to feel like they're important and what they're doing is important to you. And part of the way we do that is by saying, hey, can you help me unload the dishwasher? I used to love to give my kids when they were about three years old, they would love to have wet rags and then go around and just wash the baseboards. And sometimes it made more of a mess than it was worth. But just the look on their faces because they're like, hey, look at me, I'm helping mom. <laughs> this is great. So come up with a plan. If you want more information on how uh, you can find the Busy Homes Mom's got to Daylight, you can go ahead and look in the show notes today. But I'm telling you, there's a whole chapter in there on what to do when you're discouraged how to consolidate your time. Some of you are wasting time. There's a whole chapter in the Guide to Daylight on Wasted Daylight, which is really all about how to control your time with the internet in particular. And the very last chapter is called Surrender Daylight. And I'm gonna tackle that on Monday in response to a question from a listener who is wanting to know how to surrender her time and her desires to what God wants When she's at war with her own spirit boy have I been there before and I know many of you have too I'm going to close the podcast out today by just offering A word of prayer Uh, I know that a lot of you are struggling this time of year And it's frustrating to watch the news and it's frustrating to see some of the things that are happening But I want to just encourage you that god is at work He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's at work And his heart is for you father. I thank you that you see everything that's going on. You see the mom who's in a puddle right now who doesn't think she can do this thing. And Father, I pray that you just encourage her by the power of your spirit. I pray that you would encourage her by encouraging her husband. Lord, I pray that we would sense and know how important it is to walk in right relationship with you in every area of our life, from meal planning to homeschooling, to our marriages, to raising our children, to being a voice for you in the culture. Lord, show us what to say and when to say it. Lift us up, set our feet on the rock. We're gonna look to you. Thank you, Father, for the way that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who have not yet purchased tickets, I will be in Abilene coming up January 19th. That's just a few days away. It's not too late to purchase your ticket. And then the weekend after that, I'll be in Coos Bay, Oregon. Also, we've got a brand new essential oils class coming up called I Can Be Well. And you can join that right now at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash oil oils. Thanks for listening today, everybody, and I hope that you're encouraged. Again, you can pick up The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Daylight at Amazon or at HeidiStJohn.com. Have a great day, everybody, and I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at TheBusyMom.com.